0: Good morning, it's the second Sunday of Easter, the week after Easter Day and on this week we always get the reading from the Gospel of John, John chapter 20 the story of Thomas. Let's hear the reading first When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week So I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you release the sins of any, they are released to them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was also called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not trust. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but trust. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you trusted because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen And yet have come to trust. For the word of God in scripture. For the word of God among us. For the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. As I said, this is the second week of Easter and we always get this reading about Thomas, often known as Doubting Thomas, because Jesus requires him to doubt Not to doubt, but to trust. But really the opposite of doubt is not trust or faith, but certainty. And certainty isn't always a good thing. Any of you who are unfortunately listening to the words of Donald Trump at the moment in this crazy time, he seems certain about everything, but it's not the same certainty that the rest of us would like to have. We, we have to take most things on faith. The chair that I'm sitting on at the moment, if, if I didn't take it on faith, then I wouldn't have sat on it this morning. I, I would have paid more attention to the way it looked. I would have wanted to st- check out its structural fittings and whether it was all screwed together properly. And I, I, would, I, would not, I wouldn't be able to function because I have to take things on trust more than I think I'd, I I'd do. Uh, and we we do that about the people around us too, people who love us some mornings you wake up and you everyone 's grumpy with each other um, But we trust that beyond that there's there 's an underlying love and care for each other it's not, it 's not it's it 's how we live we just have to live on trust much of the time, and faith is like a a constant balance so it 's not as if we either trust completely or we don't, it's a constant balance. It, it, to me it's, it's often like riding a bike and I remember reading some years ago that when you are riding a bike you're constantly off balance. It doesn't feel like that once you've learned how to do it and your body understands it. Uh, it feels like you're balanced all the time but in fact you're, you're a little balancing one way or the other and you're constantly your body is constantly rebalancing all the time. Maybe that's why we have the story of Thomas. <clears throat> he's known as the twin. So Thomas is, is, uh, is a word for twin, um, and in, in, he's also known as the twin in Greek, which is Didymus. And in literature, of course, we've got a great tradition of the, the idea of the twin being the good and the evil twin. And the one who always does the right thing and one that does the wrong thing, or one who takes the right direction and one who takes the wrong direction and, and is lost, <coughs> excuse me, it goes right back to, um, in, in the earliest uh, writings that we have in, in certainly in, uh, in English or in close to English in Anglo-Saxon is the uh, the story of Beowulf it could be 700 or a 1000 years old there's this constant interplay between the goodness and the badness in these two characters who are linked together it's this constant balancing act and it's true in the story of the resurrection there's a constant balancing act needed to understand and, and trust the experience of the resurrection um, And part of that is because we weren't there. We said last week that no one was actually there at the resurrection. But what we have is stories of experiences following the resurrection of the people who were involved and he is one of them. And this is underlined again in this story because Thomas was not with the others. Uh, which is not unlike our own experience. We weren't there. This is is many thousands of years later, and we don't know exactly what happened. We weren't there experiencing and participating in it. And we don't know why Thomas wasn't with the others, but the way the Greek is written, um, we're led to believe that it's not that he wasn't there simply because he just happened to be out at that moment maybe getting food or something w- which in itself would be an extraordinary act given that they're so frightened that they've locked the doors um, but, but we don't know why he was there but, but we do get a sense in the Greek that it reads as if he was no longer a part of the group not that he just wasn't there in the moment but that they had separated and they'd gone their their own ways and there has been a break in the fellowship and of course that's the entire history of the church isn't it that maybe this is the beginning of it the the break in understanding of what was happening and, and understanding in what we should or shouldn't believe and now we have denominations uh, everywhere all the time and, and church churches constantly um, dividing and, and and being uncertain about each other's experience of, of faith. Anyway, we don't really know but there is a sense where the the other disciples are trying to re-engage with Thomas and explain to him what they've experienced and what they've seen. But Thomas is alone in, in his experience and as I said, not not unlike us today, but not unlike us um, because each of us are alone in our experience of faith. It it has to be um, an experience that we have. Thomas is clear on this. He needs an unmediated experience. He doesn't say to the other disciples when they try to convince him, ''I need to see for myself,'' as if he needed to be intellectually convinced.'' He doesn't say, I need a good explanation uh, for what what has happened. But what he says is, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and I put my fingers in the mark in the nails and my hand in his side, I will not trust. And in seeing, as we always know in the Gospel of John, seeing is much more than physically being able to see something. It's to be able to deeply perceive it, to understand it, to kind of internally to know it in a, in a deep way. So Thomas is really saying, it's all well and good what you're telling me, but unless I have my own unique, my own deep inner experience of the work of god if this is what it is if i don't have that then i won't trust and of course we need to do the same i mean who cares whether somebody believes intellectually that the resurrection happened or not that, that that's it, it's sort of um that's a dry thing to know what we need to know from each other is what is your experience of it what is the meaning of the resurrection in your life? Um, so often we, we, in the great traditions we're invited to imagine the resurrection as an experience of the every day. That every morning when we get up, we're getting up out of the, um, the the old and into the new. We're beginning life anew each day. What an extraordinary life we would live if we truly did that. If we were able to leave behind all of the pain, all of the unfulfillment, all of the unforgiveness, uh, all of the disappointments uh, of the day previous, and imagine this as a brand new day, as the first day of the rest of our lives, that it would change the way we lived. Um, and you see it and this I'm sure is one of the reasons why Jesus was so keen on um, experiencing the experience of children and inviting his disciples to do that you see it in children uh, very young children begin the new day full of possibility and hope don't carry much with them anyway this is the experience that Thomas wants to have and this is the experience that we're being invited into that Thomas for Thomas it was a moment of life or death uh, it was an experience that was unmediated his authentic personal experience and the, he, he, he has that in, this, in these moments he somehow begins to understand that what the other disciples had seen was real for him as well and he says these words my Lord and my God uh, this is not just a statement of faith coming out of his own heart and experience, because these words, "Lord, and, my Lord and God," were extant in the world. Um, the current emperor of Rome, Dominician, who was uh, uh, was the emperor at the time of the writing of the Fourth Gospel, not at the time of the experience of the Fourth Gospel, but when it was written towards the end of the. The century, or maybe even in the new century, the Roman Emperor was Dominician, and he was known all across the, the known world as our Lord and God. So when Thomas is, is making this statement, my Lord and God, he is sta- making a statement not just of inner faith, but a statement of, of what his life would be in the world, that he would be given away um, a, a, a whole way of living and understanding the world into a completely new way of living and understanding the world and then finally Jesus says to Thomas these strange words have you trusted because you have seen me well yes that 's true Thomas has trusted because he has seen Jesus seen in the in the terms of john 's gospel he has experienced deeply uh, it, it has changed his life and the, his, the statement that he makes underlines that It has changed his whole um, uh, p- purpose of life his the whole orientation of his life it 's not to the power uh, of of the Roman Empire and the entire world that he 's known it 's to another way of living in the world a different Lord and God. So have you trusted because you have deeply understood and experienced me? Well, yes. And then Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen, again in the John's terms, who have not experienced, not deeply understood not deeply inculcated in their lives blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to trust what does that mean? Well, one of the things it could mean, and, and I, this is what I take it to mean in my experience today, is this is that, that blessed are those who trust in all of this without knowing it to be true in every way that they could know it to be true. That is, even those who live in doubt and faith all the time about this, like remember, riding the bike, constantly balancing. Even those who are still working this through still in doubt, still in faith still trying to understand still not able to explain it still not sure what they understand and what they don't even those, even those people even me are blessed because I I find myself trusting and doubting this all the time I don't really know what to do with the story of the resurrection in the bald sense of it the idea that someone would come back to life seems impossible there's no science that shows that that could at all be true so I don't know what to do with that I also don't know what to do with the stories of the resurrection that they're not actually someone coming back to life Whatever is happening is completely different than someone just appearing again alive. They're not sure who this person is all the time, Jesus. And Jesus appears as he does in this story through locked doors. There's something unusual and strange that's going on here. I don't know what to do with that either. But it turns out if this is the reading, that if we can take the reading as I'm saying we might blessed are those who have not understood who have not who do not know with certainty blessed are those who are aren't who are still working this through who are living with trust and faith and doubt and uncertainty all the way through their lives blessed are those blessed is me and if you're in this situation blessed are you too blessed are those who trust in doubt and in faith, even if they don't know. And I think that's the the extraordinary thing about the story of the resurrection. We can carry this on week after week as we work this through all through our lives. So be it.